Welcome to Immigration 360. In today's episode, we will provide a case study of the border town Nogales, Arizona, which is located at the Arizona-Mexico-U.S. southern border, and we will discuss how it has been inevitably affected by immigration and immigration policies. With me, we have a very special guest, Mayor Arturo R. Garino, the mayor of Nogales, Arizona. Arturo R. Garino was elected mayor in 2010 and again in 2017. One month after taking office in 2010, he signed a historic sisterhood agreement, formalizing the relationship and partnership between Nogales Sonora Mexico and Nogales Arizona to work together on issues such as trade, tourism, environment, education, and border security. Mayor Garino has received various awards for his outstanding leadership, including President Obama's White House Champions of Change Award for rising up to the challenges of the 21st century, and the Arizona-Mexico Commission Tony Setorcimo Award, which was given exclusively to individuals who embody what the commission strives to accomplish. Due to his tireless efforts in advocating, image building, and political alignment for Nogales in the entire border region, in 2011, Mayor Garino was appointed by Janet Nopolitano to the Southwest Border Task Force under the Homeland Security Advisory Council on Trade and Security. Mayor Garino serves under numerous boards, including the Southeast Arizona Governments Organization, the Border Mayors Association, and the Greater Nogales Santa Cruz County Port Authority. Prior to being elected mayor, he served as vice mayor and Nogales City Councilman. Professionally, Mayor Garino has worked in a variety of public positions, including firefighter, law enforcement officer, and public works director for the city of Nogales. Mayor Garino has two honorable discharges, one from the U.S. Navy and the other from the U.S. Army National Guard, and he also served three tours in Vietnam. Hello and welcome, Mayor Garino. It's so nice to have you here. Thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to be with you. Yeah, the pleasure's all mine. So why don't we start by talking a little bit about Nogales? Well, Nogales is uh, the biggest port of entry in the state of Arizona, not only for pedestrian and vehicular traffic, but for commercial. Our port basically probably crosses a majority of the produce and maquiladora, which is manufacturing, that is distributed and in the state of Arizona and east and west in the United States. A lot of our produce products go all the way to Boston and they go to oh, California wow. and uh, the maquiladora is manufacturing electronics and different components also go to different factories throughout the United States. And Canada also, because through Nogales and the main road in Mexico, which is uh, State Route 15 that comes all the way from Mexico City, ends in Nogales, Arizona. Mm -hmm. And then from here, our interstates go to all the way to Alberta, Canada. It's called the Canamex Corridor. So oh. it's through Nogales that all of that comes through. Okay. So that's what I like to say about Nogales. But there's other things that we have that are probably not legal, and we do have, you know, drug problems like everywhere else. But uh, we have good people working mm -hmm. at the port, and they do a great job. They apprehend a lot of it, not all of it, but a lot of it. And I'm very proud of uh, CBP and everybody working at the border uh, when it comes to that. But Nogales is, is key, not only to, Arizona, to the state of Arizona, but to the nation. Mm-hmm. And when you say Nogales, do you mean ambos Nogales? Well, I can say ambos Nogales, but 
it's actually uh, Nogales, Arizona. Okay. Nogales, Sonora is, is a, a city of close to 500,000. Mm-hmm. I like to say that it's Ambos Nogales. We, our city is 22, 24,000. It's small. Mm-hmm. But I like to say we're a city of 500,000 divided by a wall. Yeah. That's what it is. But uh, everything going north from Mexico City <clears throat> leads to Nogales. Even though there's splinter roads in, in Sinaloa, the state of Sinaloa, to Texas, a lot of the merchandise and everything ends up in Nogales. We have the railroad system. We have everything here in Nogales. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's what created Nogales many, many, many years back as it was the railroad. Okay, interesting. I think it's really interesting, the concept of ambos Nogales, you know, Nogales Sonoras, Nogales Arizona, and how it's one bigger community. Yes, we're actually sister cities. Exactly. Uh, we we uh, did sign uh, uh, articles on that mm-hmm. when I became mayor in 2011. And, um, and the articles uh, have to do with the economy, with the environment of both cities, both countries, with uh, the water, culture, you know, sports, everything, tourism, everything, all those components that two communities on the border need to relate with every day. Right. All those articles are on there. So, so it's, it's very good. It's very yeah. good to have that communication with, with your counterpart in Nogales, Sonora, which is a foreign country. Right. You know, and and um, like we trade with Mexico from there to here, mm-hmm. we also do it from here to there. Of course. With different uh-huh. components, different, different areas. Actually, Nogales, Sonora, they have over 100 factories. That's huge. And a lot of the components they have, we are distributors for that. So we send it mm. north to Tucson, to Phoenix, and from there it goes east and west of the, in the countries. So, so that's, that's how basically everything works along the border. Okay. So over time, what have you observed regarding immigration in Nogales, Arizona? Well, over time, I, I've observed, actually, I'll be fair with you, nothing when okay. it comes to immigration. Because they have not, the federal government has not done what they're supposed to be doing with immigration reform mm. and what you need to see. I see I see people and I know people in Nogales, Sonora, that they've been waiting for years to come across and would have to have documentations to become citizens that are that are in the waiting list forever and ever and ever. They're doing it. They want to come across legally. Mm-hmm. Okay. But do we do see people come across illegally. Not to the amount of people that have been coming across during the caravans through Texas and California. It's through Nogales, very few compared to them. But uh, there's a lot of work to be done with immigration, a lot of work. It, it seems that every time we get a new administration, they talk about immigration during the campaign. They say they're going to do something about immigration, but nothing happens. They can't get together in Washington. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they, I don't know. We need, we need to get together in Washington. For example, um, all those migrants coming across from uh, Central America, all right? They're all supposedly coming here for asylum. Well, you know, to me, asylum should not, you should not be asking for asylum after you've traveled almost 2,000 miles through Mexico, through a country that you already came in illegally, and to come to the United States and then come across with no reason, whatever, and they end up letting them come across and allowing it all to happen 
and then and then having people that are really want to do it legally, they're not being allowed to have it. So it's not you know. So there's so much work to do. Yeah. But it's not going to get done. It's not going to. I'm I'm 68 years old. I've seen it. It's not going to get done. I've seen. I've I've been in office or some type of political office, uh, you know, since um, 2000. I've seen it. And and none of these administrations, they all talked about it. Yeah. Okay? But nobody did anything about it. You know, we used to have a Bracero program in the 50s and 60s. They, through Nogales, they would come across legally. They were, they were getting buses. They would go north. There were fields up north of here. They would work there in the fields, come back, go back, and then go across next morning and do the same thing. And it was legal. You know, it was, uh, uh, being, they were being allowed to do that. Nobody would travel to Tucson or to the Phoenix area and then not come back. They would all come back. Why? Because they wanted to have that job, that opportunity to maybe one day get illegal documents to stay in the United States. Mm-hmm. That was a great program. It's called the Guest Worker Program now. But it's, it's, not, it's not being extended to the certain point that says, you know, okay, after so many years doing this legally and you've been doing everything the way, you know, the program is working, Allow that person to become a U.S. citizen because they've proven themselves. You know, the visa program, facilitate that. Make it easier. Mm-hmm. That's a legal document to come across for education, for work, for tourism, whatever. You know, people, they can have an opportunity to do that and have an opportunity to visit the United States and see if they really want to stay in the United States. You know, make those things a lot easier. And, you know, probably... When it comes to uh, uh, cost on that, you need to reduce cost and do something like that. Because some of these people that are coming across with a coyotes mm-hmm. illegally, they're spending two, $3,000 yeah. per person to come across. Okay? If you have two or $3,000 and you live in El Salvador and Honduras, you have a good chunk of money. Okay, so you're paying somebody to bring you all the way to the border of the United States, you know, to, so you can come across. Why not work on trying to get it illegal? I'm get it legally, I mean, because, um, but, uh, you know, there's so much that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. It'll never get done. It'll never get done unless they sit down and work on both parties. You've got to take that fence away in Washington. Yeah. And both of them sit down and work on it. But, you know... Sometimes when I talk about this, I, I, I get frustrated. It's, it's not, you know. See, it's, it's different being a mayor on the border than being a mayor in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Our issues, you and I are talking about immigration reform, talking about immigration. In Phoenix, you wouldn't be talking to the mayor about immigration because that has nothing to do with immigration. He's 200 miles north of here. But here, it's different. Mm -hmm. So from San Diego to Brownsville, all the mayors are being confronted with this immigration issues. We have better things to do, okay, to to have immigration issues or or people uh, coming into our cities illegally and and expecting that we have the finances to be able to take care of that problem. Municipalities along the board don't have finances for that. We have finances for our budget, for the residents of our community to provide service to them, but not, not federal. Now, the federal government wants to give us, give us millions of dollars to take care of that and 
built facilities for people like that here so that they can wait and provide them uh, the opportunity and, and the judges and lawyers for them to get documentation to become in the United States. Mm -hmm. Hey, more power to the federal government. But that's not, uh, that's not the case. That's why, if you notice in Texas, a lot of the migrants, they're being shipped in Latin. They're going to other cities. Oh. They don't stay. They don't stay in Laredo. They don't stay in, 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 in McAllen. They don't stay. They go through there fast and, and because those communities, they cannot afford it. Mm -hmm. I appreciate your honesty because I think there's a misconception that immigration has changed a lot with different administrations. But, I mean, just as you just stated, you haven't seen no. a shift. No. And they they, they mm -hmm. change titles on certain things. Yeah. But that's all they do. It's, it's nothing. Yeah. You know, we're, we're going to change it now, and everybody that comes across, we're going to send them back immediately. Mm -hmm. And then, and then it's, it starts working, and then they go around another city to another place, and they come across. Fix the problem at the source. Right, right. And the way I've said it, and I've said it to people in Mexico, elected officials in Mexico, you take care of this problem in Mexico. Why mm -hmm. do you allow it to come to the United States? You, you, you can't allow... 100,000 people or 50,000 people to come from Central America all the way to Texas or Arizona and not do something about it. The United States gives a lot of money to Mexico, mm -hmm. a lot of money for these problems, for that, for drugs, for their economy, for a lot of things. Use some of those finances to, to be able to help those people as they, when they're trying to come across your border all right, from Honduras, El Salvador, and those places. Yeah. You have a border over there, but they don't do it. They don't do it. And it's disappointing. And I was born and raised in Nogales. My mother was as Mexican, was Mexican, from Santana, Sonora. Mm -hmm. But my dad, Italian, from New York City. Okay? So, so imagine, my, my grandparents and my great-grandfather, they came through Alice Island. Oh, well. All right? In 1906, Ellis Island was the magical place for immigration from Europe. Mm -hmm. All right? They went to Ellis Island. They went through the process. They went everything. My father married my mom after World War II here in Ogallis, and he immigrated my mom to the U.S. Mm -hmm. All right? So I know about immigration. Yeah. I got cousins and, and, and friends, a lot of friends in Nogales, Sonora. And believe me, they would love to live in the United States. But the cost and the process, it takes years for them to make it legally. It's impossible. Yeah. It's impossible. You can spend thousands of dollars before you can do something like that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you allow 70, 80, 100,000 people to just come across, you know, and, and, and just cross your arms and stuff like that and then, and then uh, allow them to be part of our economic system, our, our workforce in the United States and stuff like that, hey, more power to them. Mm -hmm. You know, if they, if, they, if they can make it. But that's not the legal way. That's not. And, and uh, uh, I've talked about this to senators in the U.S. I've talked about this to congressmen, to the governor, to different state representatives. And we can sit down and I can get blue in the face and, and say everything I want, but, you know, this little mayor from the city of Nogales, I guess, is not going to be uh, doing much about it 
except just talking about it. And that's what's happening. And and that's what we're being confronted with, with all all of this all this process of so-called immigration, but it's not comprehensive immigration reform. They need to do it. Yeah, right. So which policies have had an influential impact on Nogales, Arizona? When it comes to immigration, mm-hmm. none of them no. have done an impact on Nogales, Arizona. The only policies that I see that are doing a great impact, not in the human and people part, mm-hmm. but in the apprehensions of drugs and the policies that they've been doing with uh, stronger technology that they've been using for them to be able to apprehend the drugs and stop the drugs within our ports. The, the biggest drug uh, loads that come across, they come through the port. People think that they go out in the desert. They mm-hmm. don't. They come, they try to make it right to the port because there's lines of traffic and they, might, they think, okay, if we send so many loads across, maybe two or three of them will make it. The biggest drug busts have been done at the port and, and, and hundreds and hundreds of tons of, of pot. The most recent one that's is very deadly, the fentanyl. Nogales, oh. Arizona has apprehended a lot of it, a lot of it. So those are the policies that I think that have been more effective. Okay. But policies on immigration, nah, waste of time. Again, I appreciate uh, your honesty. <laughs> honestly, I don't think there's anything. Yeah. Because I don't okay. see it. Yeah, yeah. I don't see it. You know, I, I, our port's been closed. Mm-hmm. Talking about a policy. Mm-hmm. They closed it for non-essentials over a year. Right. Title 42. We yeah. have been struggling with our finances because of that. Because 65% to 70% of our finances, sales tax, for, uh, come from Mexican citizens. They come across, they shop here, they pay taxes. Those taxes, in turn, help the machine of the city. Mm. All right? We've been getting, uh, from the Trump administration, we, rele- we received $2.3 million in relief. All right? If it wasn't for that, we would have never balanced our budget last year. We were talking in the council about laying off employees of the city. That's how bad it was. Because the border is closed. We don't have tourism. We don't have people coming across and shopping. Mm -hmm. All right? The only thing it's open for is for the, for, like I said, manufacturing produce and that. Those are essential things. But the people, tourism, they're non-essential. Then we thought, okay, well, it'll open up. Then the year passed by. Now this administration, we're going month to month to month. Every They say the 21st of the month is going to be open. Month goes by. No. Months go by. I thought they were going to open it on June the 21st. Honestly, because I had gotten good information from sources mm-hmm. uh, that they were going to be opening. And they came, came to June, 20, June 20th. They said, no, it's not going to be open. It's going to be open July so now we're approaching another month. Mm-hmm. Okay. I understand COVID was probably the issue that was causing it. Our vaccination level over 87%. Oh, wow. We're the highest in the state of Arizona that have been more vaccinations with both vaccines from the age of 18 and up. That's wonderful. Okay. So we're doing very good. Now, Sonora might not have that, mm-hmm. but we're doing well. Okay. 
if that's the case that the reason it's being closed, help Mexico with vaccines. Right, yeah. Help Mexico with vaccines, get them vaccinated so we can get that cross-travel, that, that binational movement that we have of people coming across. And mind you, when it, when it says non-essential, these people come and do legal purchasing, buying, you know, it's a buying power that they have, and then they go back. Mm-hmm. You know, they're consumers. Right. They're not, they're not coming, trying to come over here illegally. They're here to consume. They, go, they shop here, they shop in Tucson, and sometimes all the way to Phoenix. And here we go again. Our peak season is coming up in two months, from there to January. We lost one last year. We can't lose this one again this year for sales tax. And those sales tax don't, don't, not only help our city, but they help the state of Arizona. Mm-hmm. Tourism in, 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 from Mexico is, is a, it's in the billions, too. Okay, tourism alone. Those policies, por favor. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about immigration. They can't even open up the border for legal, for non-essentials. They need to open it up. They need, and, and you know, I'm not talking only for Nogales. It's, it's not open from San Diego to Brownsville. Yeah. None of the borders are open for that. You know, but everything else illegal is open for. But it's not open for this. And one thing I will tell you is that. I myself, and I'm speaking for myself, mm-hmm. I don't like handouts. If the government is helping us with relief mm-hmm. because they think they need to help us, you know what you can help me out with? Open the border. Yeah. And we can manage our own economy with that. Don't send me $2.3 million and, and think you're going to fix it for one year. No. Handouts are a handout. That, that's not that you, we need to open up the border. Every city will run their city. Every, every administration will run their administration in the city mm-hmm. to benefit their community and the residents of their community by having trade with Mexico, our number one trading partner. That's what we need to do. Right. And money, like, runs out. Right. <laughs> so it runs it's out. like a Band-Aid solution. No, no, no. Yeah, it's a Band-Aid. On... They send you the money. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah. They send you the money, and, and then they tell you where you're going to use it. Yeah. Oh, you know? they, they give you regula- yeah, yeah, like yes, rules and yes, regulations you can't, on you how can't to... do this, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. You can't buy fire trucks, you can't buy... No, no, they, see, they, they, they tell you here, run the city with that. No, it doesn't work. Our budget is $82 million. But we need, we need that oil to have that machine running. And that oil is people from Mexico coming through our borders, legally through the port, to shop here and do business. Yeah, That's what we need. So shifting gears a little bit, how has Border Patrol impacted both Nogales, Arizona and Nogales, Sonora? Uh, Border Patrol did a big impact in Nogales. When I came into office in in 2019, Border Patrol had concertina wire installed at the border. And when I was was out of town when that happened, matter of fact, half of the council were, we were out of, of town. Uh, I got a call. They said that the Army was here in Nogales and they were installing concertina wire. And I go, wait a minute, what do you mean? Yeah, they're putting it uh, on the ground, Mayor, all the way from the top of the 18-foot fence all the way to the, down to the ground. Oh, my gosh. And so I came back and I wanted to talk to Border Patrol. They did not want to talk to me. So finally, they did decide to talk to me and, I, and the police chief and the city manager and myself, we went to talk to them. And I asked about the concertina wire and they said 
that that's the way they wanted to fortify the wall. And I asked, what are you talking about fortifying? Mm -hmm. says, well, there's caravans of migrants coming in from uh, El Salvador, Honduras, and Nicaragua and all this, and they're coming up to the border. And I said, well, what does that have to do with fortifying? Is, is, won't you have boots in the ground? What happened to all the technology we have? Mm -hmm. You know, He says, that's what we want to do. And, and I asked him, I said, what is we? I thought maybe it was a director from Washington or, or the Pentagon because of the Army. He said, no, this is we. So it was Border Patrol. That, oh. That's what they requested. But they've always been good stewards of Nogales. Always. We deal with them. Matter of fact, the city of Nogales has a program with the federal government. It's called Stone Garden. And we receive funds from the federal government to work directly with Border Patrol and Customs and Border Protection. And our officers, in our patrol cars, in our uniforms, when they get off duty, if they want to, they can put in four hours a day. And they work along the, with them at the border. We've always been good. We've always worked with, but that, that part right there disappointed me very much. And not only me, but the citizens of Nogales. I'm sure, When yeah. they put the concertina wire, they did it on downtown Nogales. Downtown, mind you. Mm. Where we have the business district, where we have people right next to the fence, right, you know, 40, 50 feet away from that wire. People walk in the stores. And if you look at it, it looks bad. It looks like a prison setting. That is not what you want when you're dealing and you're working to have the best relationship with your sister city for trade, and you put up wire. And if you look at it, you go, okay, what are we holding back? Mm -hmm. That we need to put all this wire down to the ground. You put concertina wire on the very top of it, you know, I could probably understood. But down to the ground, and it's still there. And we've sent letters. We've done resolutions. We've had other communities backing us up and everything, talking about that. They put resolutions in support of us. Several counties got together in support of us. It started in Ogallas, and from there it went east and west. I'm not very happy when it comes to Border Patrol. They could have, they could have come to us and said, Mayor, what do you think? you think this would help, you know, as, as partners, mm -hmm. you know, work on it? But it's their territory, you know. They have that 60-foot buffer zone that belongs to the federal government. There's very little we can do. But we do have a city ordinance in the city of Nogales that you cannot install concertina wire in the city of Nogales unless it's an industrial area. can't be residential, mind you. Industrial park, and it has to be over six, over seven feet high. One strand of concertina wire on a fence. But this one comes all the way down to the ground. Oh, wow. Yeah. Have you seen it yet? I have. I actually was going to mention that. So I had the opportunity to drive next mm -hmm. to it, and I was just in shock. It's It feels militarized. Very. And that's kind of scary. It is. I, and, you know, I don't think – I didn't realize how militarized it was until I got here, and I think a lot of people, like, hear the rhetoric of the wall and think of just this, like, fence. Yeah. But the, no. the wire is just yeah. another layer of separation. You know, we, we've had people, and they've called me because they've been, they come to town from Idaho, from Montana, from Utah, from Nevada, California, New Mexico, and different places. They've come to Nogales because when we got it, nobody had it except Nogales. And it hit the news, you know, when that happened. And I had people calling me from Europe and everything, going, wait a minute, 
you know, the Berlin Wall is down. Oh, no, we got one here. Okay? Yeah, it right? feels so, like that. It <laughs> yes. feels like that. And, and they came here to take pictures of it because they had seen pictures on magazines and, and newspaper and the news, but they wanted to stand by there and take a picture and say, you know what, it is real. Mm-hmm. You know? So, so we lost our, our tourism yeah. when it comes because we have uh, uh, the gateway to Mexico, old Mexico, and they would go into Mexico and shop and then come back and stuff like that. You know, we lost that, but we had a tourism to see the wire, believe it or not. Oh, wow. We had people coming in to see the wire. Tourism for not the <laughs> not right reasons. For the wrong reasons. Yeah. But this is where it started. This is where they, they said, okay, we're going to start in Nogales. I could have understood if they would have done it 20 miles east and 20 miles west of Nogales, you know, out towards the Coronado National Forest or something like that. Mm-hmm. But to do it right downtown Nogales, that hurts. Yeah. That, that was a bad move. I don't, I don't appreciate that. Members of the city council and the merchants downtown, oh, they were very mad. Because that's when, that's when it's, they started losing that uh, spirit of shopping from Mexican citizens. Mm-hmm. And then right after that, a year later, get hit with COVID. Oh, and that wow. closed all of downtown. Yeah. All the stores there got, were abandoned because on Morley Avenue, mm-hmm. that's where the Morley Port of Entry for pedestrian crossing into Mexico and back and forth, that's been closed from day one. So there's no pedestrian traffic there. Out of 30 stores in the block, the two blocks, 30, 40 stores, I think there's about seven that were open right now. Oh, it's wow. It's very bad. And, of course, bad for the economy of Nogales yes. and also the people who run the stores. Yes. Every day I leave City Hall, I drive downtown and just before I go home and, and just to see if there's any movement. And I would see some stores open after the governor said that they could open because they were not essential stores. But then he said they can open for a couple of hours a day mm-hmm. because they couldn't afford to have all of the employees and not have any traffic. And then you would drive down the street and you would see all the stores closed, but all the merchandise in the stores, which I said, okay, good. They're going to come back and open. Mm -hmm. You drive through there, there's no merchandise in the stores. They left. So the the problem is right now, and we're trying to figure it out right now in the city, how we're going to do it and help them Mm -hmm. to reopen so that whole historic district doesn't fail. We have to figure out how to establish different businesses there because I don't think those people are coming back. Because oh, wow. otherwise they would have left them the merchandise or goods there. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're empty shells. So we, we're going to have to figure something out because that, that whole section, those two blocks of Morley Avenue is in our historic district. That was Nogales when I was a child, when I was young. Mm-hmm. You know, Matter of fact, we're, right now where City Hall is at, this is where the city limits was at two miles of, from the border to here. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, six miles di- difference. But the Mariposa area, the area north of here, that's where everybody does a lot of their shopping. And, and the historic district has always been for certain things that they sell. But they always, always depended on, on Mexican shoppers. The majority of the shopping was done by Mexican shoppers walking across that don't have a car. Mm-hmm. You know, so they yeah. walk across and then they can go back across. Well, that's been closed for over a year. Talking about policies. Yeah.
so talking about Nogales, Arizona, and how immigration or immigration policies have affected the economy, I want to kind of transition to how you think it's affected the community, like the sense of identity of Nogales. Yes. And you can answer about, yeah. it can be either Nogales, Arizona, Nogales, Sonora, or like ambos. Uh-huh. Well, uh, when it comes to the identity, it's both cities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's both cities because, um, like I said, there's, some, there's a bloodline, okay, of families for both sides that we depend on each other. If it's not economically, it's in relationships and friends and, and you know, it's, uh, it's always been there. We in Nogales tend not to see the wall, mm-hmm. you know. We like not to see it because I've talked to people about the wall and what they tell me is, you know, people that are up in age, they tell me, and in, in Spanish they say, este no es mi Nogales, mayor. Mm. This is not my Nogales. Yeah. Okay. So, so when it comes to immigration, when it comes to policies set by the federal government because of that 60-foot buffer zone that we have at the border, it does create, you know, problems. And they don't, they don't care. They don't think about it. You know, the federal government doesn't think, oh, we're just going to fortify and, and border security. Oh, what happened to friendships? What happened to trade? What happened to to our relations with Nogales Sonora and, and Hermosillo with Tucson and Phoenix. What happened to all of that? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's just not right. They're actually creating a, a problem. Me as mayor and the members of the council and, 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 and administration here, we don't do anything without talking to the residents of Nogales. We do not do anything. That's what governments are supposed to do. Right. We got elected by the people of the city of Nogales. Why are we just going to, hey, you know what, we're going to divide Nogales in half, we're going to put a wall. You don't do that. Federal government, I know that we have borders. Hey, we all know. But you need to be able to say, you know what, you know, this is your community. You think this is fair? You think this is a good idea that we do this? You know, are, we, are you having security problems? Are you having uh, people jumping over the wall and... and, and there's, is your city secured? Nogales is one of the safest communities in the whole state of Arizona. Just like I said, 87% of vaccines, the people in Nogales, we're responsible. We, we, we want to take care of ourselves and maybe protect other people. Nogales is the same thing. We have border patrol. We have customs. We have municipal police. We have deputies. We have DPS. We have DEA. We have FBI. All of those law enforcement agencies are in Nogales. Okay? Mm-hmm. So if we have all of those agencies here, you know, what else do we have to worry about? I know there's drugs coming across. Bust them. I know there's one or two people jumping over. Capture them. Get them and do whatever you need to do. But, I mean, don't create that buffer, that, that visual, this aesthetic look of that for our number one trading partner. Right. Those are those are problems. It's disheartening to hear the disconnect between Washington and then what happens on the ground. Yeah. You know, like I agree with what yeah. you said that it should be like kind of grassroots, yeah. bottom up approach. Like listen to the people, understand how it affects the individuals. I think that's so important. Yeah, we have we have a a, a district here with a congressman. Mm-hmm. We have two senators. We have uh, representatives 
for the state of Arizona and, and the, the state senate in Arizona. We have a governor. You know, I was with a governor maybe three weeks ago. He came to Nogales. He comes frequently to Nogales. He, he, he knows how important it is to trade with Mexico, mm -hmm. all right? But the thing is that when I ask him about, about the, the fence and the wall and uh, closure of the border, he says, there's very little I can do, man. And he's the governor. Yeah. What do you expect about me? The little mayor of Nogales with the big problems. Mm -hmm. that's, that, you know, and, and that's what's happening. It's, it's bad. So before we conclude the interview, I've been asking all of my interviewees if they have an action item that the audience can take to be more involved. What action item do you recommend for our audience today? Well, the best action item is help us along the border. I know this probably is going to be heard throughout the United States. I can't just talk about the congressmen here in our district or the senators here in the state of Arizona. But you do have senators and congressmen in, in your areas, please contact them. Mm -hmm. Tell them what's happening at the border. And, and if you want to discuss border security, that's all right. Discuss border security. But my concerns are, please tell your elected officials, the federal elected officials, that the border region, we as mayors need to be advised. We need to be brought into the picture of the conversation of whatever you could plan to do along the border. Instead of just, you know, for us waking up one day and finding concertina wire on the wall, having the army install it. And they installed it very fast. Like, you know, within two weeks they were gone. They, they installed it military style. I'm a Vietnam veteran. I did three tours to Vietnam. Concertina wire was used in battlefields and prison settings and stuff like that. Please. Talk to your congressmen, talk to your senators, and, and help us along the border with our issues. Think about economy, not as much as security. Security can be taken care of by the Border Patrol and Customs and Border Protection along the border if they're giving the resources to do it. Right. But otherwise, you know, let's not just open our borders and, and allow people to come in illegally when we have a lot of legal people that want to come and shop here that we're not allowing them to come across because we still have the border closer for non-essentials. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. Well, thank you for that action item. And thank you so much for your time and your honesty. I really appreciate it. I'm sure thank the you. audience really appreciates it. So thank you so much. Thank this was a great much. discussion. Thank you very much and, and uh, hope you do well. Thank you. In the future. And thanks to the audience for tuning in.